everybody and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we are going to be doing a Q&A episodes, just nothing but questions sent in by you. Uh, so let's kick it off with this one. Uh, what are your most useless and most valuable skills? I think uh, most valuable maybe is uh, being able to, well, okay, theoretically valuable, I'll say, because like, uh, like the thing that I think I'm probably best at that could relate to real life in some way is like uh, being able to understand sort of like the architecture of ideology and arguments and stuff like that and how they kind of fit together or don't fit together and all that kind of stuff, you know, like, I don't know, like, I think that's like, I, I really enjoy picking apart all the interlocking pieces and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's theoretically valuable in terms of that, like, you know, there's, it's, there's analogs to like different types of things you might want to, you know, do or, yeah, you know, sure. to make it like good at analysis and stuff, but like, uh, not valuable, I guess maybe similar kind of thing, like <laughs> being critical of people, uh, or ideas and stuff like that, like, to a very sharp degree or something like that kind of thing. I, 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 sometimes I let it run away from me and I end up being too critical or something like that. I think that that can like harm friendships and stuff like that. Sometimes if I, you know, just naturally feel like I have to dial it up to 11 or something like that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I actually kind of was thinking something sort of similar with me where it's kind of like the same thing. It just depends on how it's yeah used. Um, I think that I am pretty good at just like consuming and organizing information. Like I can just read a bunch of stuff about anything that I'm interested in and just like day after day after day for a, a pretty long period of time, just be obsessed about it and, uh, you know, track down whatever I can read about it, whatever I can find out. And then like come away with like something useful, like and put it together. Like I'm pretty good at like sorting out like this is a, this is a good idea. This is like something that's not as important and and like, uh, you know, across different texts and sources and stuff, yeah. kind of putting it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's I think that's pretty valuable if you use it right. But it's also useless the way that I tend to use <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you <yeah>. know, <laughs> like so. Yeah, it's all about uh, how you use the tools, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next one says, hope you will both consider converting to the true religion, Protestant Christianity. Um, I don't know. I, I, I try, I'm trying to like consider Christianity just as like an overall kind of generic thing now, instead of worrying too much about like the, you know, the territorial battles kind of stuff, you the, know, all the know. denominations and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It gets, it gets a bit silly sometimes, uh, especially online, but like, uh, which has very little relationship to, I think to like the, I don't know, to the actual churches, uh, like day to day operations, but I don't sure, know, people, yeah. people get really like, I don't know, trying to be epic about it and stuff and, or like just, it's just like a natural thing. I think that, you know, like, I don't know, like the way that it works with these debates and stuff is that there's like, you know, people know like maybe 10 basic facts about someone or something like that and then they always have to relate them to the news of the day and stuff so i don't know it's like yeah so it, i don't know i think that's a natural kind of thing but it feels kind of childish at some level so yeah yeah man i i don't like uh the religious discourse on 
Twitter for the most part. There's there are some people who are good. Uh, there are some people who I, I, I they're not for me. They're kind of like it's a little corny or something for me. But I can see that they're like you know they got their good intentions and like the you know people seem to like them and all that kind of stuff. It's just you know not the kind of stuff that I'm that interested in seeing. Uh, but mm-hmm. then there's just a lot of jerks, you know. Sure. Um. But anyway, this I found this a little bit odd because Protestant Christianity is not like a religion in sure. that sense. You know, like you have to kind of like dissect it a little bit. Like, so which stripe of it, right? Like, yeah, there's a lot of different versions of it and you can't really, ju- there's no way to like umbrella that and just say like, yeah, all of these are right. Like as long as you're Christian and you like have this generally protestant like orientation that doesn't really work i don't think. yeah i don't know sure although i have no idea i really don't know anything about protestant christianity mm-hmm. uh, we need to find a good guest who can explain this to sure. us and then we'll end up converting at the end of it. i don't yeah. know what the protestant shahada is but yeah um yeah all right so uh tom this is your mother please stop bullying that nice canadian boy he can't help having down syndrome <laughs> okay i don't know um that's exactly how my mom talks I, I, <laughs> I think this is true yeah so i don't know listen to her i don't know <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> yeah. i'll i'll uh lay off a little bit mm-hmm. um so this one i wasn't really sure what this was about but it sounded kind of frenchy sort of thing so i thought maybe you were familiar it just says peltzier yes or no so P E L Z I E R. Uh, I no, I have no idea what that is. No, I know okay, Le- I know me... Leonard Peltier. I don't know Peltier, but yeah. I don't know. Okay, I googled it and nothing pops up. So we're gonna go with no on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, cultural uh, depictions aside, heroin is far and away the most spiritual drug since no one ever had a bad trip on heroin. What are your guys' thoughts? I'm going to do some more research on this topic. Um, Have I read this one before? Reading this out, I'm wondering if we did this one. No, we didn't, I don't think. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where uh, a lot of people have had bad endings, I guess, uh, on heroin and not just, yeah, so, but... I, yeah, I get I get the idea that you just get like, I don't know. It's not, yeah. So, I guess while you're high or something like that, like that's, you're doing okay. So, but yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't uh, stopping breathing count as a bad trip too. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Like, I don't know. I, guess I, it um, I heard a funny thing lately, uh, recently that, uh, Ginger Baker, the drummer for, uh, uh, I don't know, some band in the seventies. I forget the the band now, but he was like a big, big time drummer, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that the way he really got into the drums and really got good was he went to like black clubs, black jazz clubs, and stuff like that, and he asked them, um, you know, how to get good at the drums, and they just told him you have to do heroin. <laughs> That's funny. And then he said he did it, and it worked, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. I so I don't know about spiritual, but if you want to play the drums. Sure. 
Um, all right. Next one is, what do you guys think about the DSA meeting with the Venezuelan government? Good thing or bad thing? Please explain in five words or less. Um, yeah, I don't know what five words or less, but like, uh, yeah, it, it reminded me of like the old friendship tours that would happen in like the 70s and stuff where like sure. yeah. the people would go to like the Soviet Union and then like see a model factory and all that kind of stuff and be like, you know, wow, they're actually building socialism in our time and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. I don't know. It's just, it, it smacks of like true believer kind of stuff. Like I always feel like, uh, I don't know. I just imagine some like, you know, political person being like, yeah, like get, get, <laughs> I don't know. Just like being much more cynical than the people that were there. Like they, they really yeah. seem to be like, this is amazing. We're like, seeing them resist in real time and stuff like that. And I don't know. I, I, I'm too cynical for that kind of stuff right now. I don't know. But like, uh, I don't know. It seems like they had a fun time. I don't know. They went to a lot of different projects and stuff. And some of them are going to be really good and stuff. Some of them are going to be probably a facade and stuff. But like, I don't know. Like, they did, they, I think they actually did meet with like Maduro, like directly too. Like, or at least I had an audience with him, whatever kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, um, that's kind of neat. I don't know. That's like a, I don't know. It's like a fun thing to do <laughs> in your life or something like that is to meet like a foreign leader or something, I guess. Yeah, sure. But like, uh, the old Dennis Rodman, Steven Seagal type thing. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know. So I think, I think it's fine. I, I mean, it, the thing is that it's like that people are kind of going back and forth a bit being like DSA needs to show that like it, stands with a democracy at all times and stuff like that but uh, i don't think that most people care what dsa thinks or about different things in general or something like that like you know if they, they they wouldn't join based on that either way or something like that kind of thing right like it's not like i don't know i i don't think that like it's almost like uh over obsessing about like, the foreign policy positions about dsa are kind of like you know they've got like a hundred thousand members which is pretty significant but it's not like you know they don't they don't even have like full control really over like the foreign policy statements of their members in congress and stuff like that so it's like i don't know it's not like uh it's not like they've gone full you know china is the future or something like that kind of thing it's just so i don't know I, it's not it's not like you know you're gonna have those kind of people in, in a party anyways kind of or like a political organization so i wouldn't over i don't know some people have been kind of overdoing it in both directions kind of thing one being like well this shows our new internationalism or something like that and it's like well yeah but it's just a trip kind of thing it's not like you know so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you know i think that venezuela has like reasons to do this it's sort of like it's in some way maybe is it like shows like a it, it like embarrasses the u.s on some level maybe not like really like but yeah maybe in venezuela it's seen that way sure and, um, I don't know, it's like people going to Graceland or, you know, I kind of feel like it's, it's something sure. like that. It's like a, a fandom visiting the real life location of the thing that they, uh, they like. So, yeah, I mean, you know, people, I, people not, dressing yeah. up in Star Wars outfits outside the movie <laughs> theater. That, that's kind of the vibe I get from this. Yeah. I don't have, I don't have like a problem with that. I'd like to go to Cuba one day and just, you know, go around Havana and stuff. I think that'd be neat. Um, but like, uh. 
I don't know. So maybe I'll join them in my Star Wars suits or something. So, yeah. <laughs> you show up to Cuba in, in like a stormtrooper thing. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, all right. So speaking of Cuba, did you guys ever read that interview Fidel Castro did where he came out as pro-Israel and also said the Cuban revolution was kind of a failure? Um, I haven't read this. I thought maybe you had. No, I I don't know what he's talking about, but it, Castro did have a lot of like idiosyncratic kind of positions and stuff. And I mean, that he was famous for just like, you know, being like, okay, well, I'm going to talk about this subject now and just talk for like three hours or something like that kind of thing. You know, I guess maybe he was like a podcaster ahead of his time or something, but like, yeah, uh, you um, think Hugo Chavez did that just to emulate Castro? Cause he also did that on his like TV channel and stuff. Yeah. I, I think that. I think that's maybe part of it, but for, I think for, uh, Chavez, he was more interested in, it was like, he wanted to like change the culture or something like that. Like he was doing it to like hog airtime kind of thing, I think. Cause a lot of the mm. times I think that like, uh, for at least some period or something like that, like those would be interrupting other broadcasts. Uh, oh, okay. so he had his like regular broadcasts and stuff, but he would also have these things where I can't remember what they were called, but like it would be like an emergency broadcast kind of thing. And based on like the, the laws there, like you had to kind of like, so it'd be like if uh, Biden was able to kind of interrupt Fox news for four hours or something like that and give yeah, a speech that's pretty about good. socialism. So I like uh, that. Yeah. So it, uh, and that was like one of the things that really, really outraged all the right wing media there, obviously, because it's like, I don't know, they were saying that it's like a, 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 like against free speech and all that kind of stuff. But, I think Chavez found it pretty funny. So, um, yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah. yeah anyways, okay. Yeah, so yeah. we're not sure. About this so we're not sure exactly, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like, a, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to just put this out there without having any context or understanding of it at all, but it sounds like something that could be made up. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah, although he did have like a column for many years and like would would do stuff where he would just kind of say kind of wacky stuff ever so often and stuff and reflect on things and just give like a few opinions here and there and stuff. So he would kind of go off in weird directions sometimes. So you never know, but like uh, like a know. Dave Barry kind of a thing. Pretty much. I mean, he. Uh, I think uh, I can't remember who was it that died or something like that, but I think he did like a maybe maybe it was just about. There was one about uh, Deng Xiaoping where he just he just was like talking about Deng Xiaoping. This wasn't this wasn't super long ago. I mean, it was like okay, it was like fifteen years ago maybe or something like that. But like uh, he had this article where he was just like, or maybe more, but like uh, he he just was like Deng Xiaoping will always remember that he made fun of me or something like that kind of thing. He's like, but I don't care, whatever or something like that. He just had this like thing. It's just kind of like a very like. I don't know. That's one of the ones I remembered of his columns. It was just him being like, he's like, uh, you know, China. We always, uh, we always felt bad about him because Deng Xiaoping insulted Cuba once and Castro and stuff. And, um, so I don't know. He just said this kind of like jumbled thing about how, uh, um, like how China is good now or something like that or whatever. So I don't know. It was kind of funny. He's that's very, cool. Kind of Trumpian. That's that's what it's like, yeah. So, yeah, I saw this video recently of Fidel Castro playing basketball, mm-hmm. and I thought it was hilarious because he was still wearing his like 
outfit, you know, his like generalissimo thing. Yeah. Like to play basketball. I, I That just was cracking me up. Like, I don't know. I, it, it would look ridiculous if he was like wearing like and one shorts or something yeah, yeah. like that, like a Chicago Bulls jersey or something. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it, like at first you don't really think about it. You're like, yeah, that's Castro. He's wearing the thing. You know, you don't really think about it. And then you're like, wait a second. He's playing basketball on that. That's, I don't know. Yeah. It made me laugh. Yeah. Well, you know, he was like a baseball player before and stuff too, right? Yeah. I heard he was actually pretty good too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Um, all right. So the next one is why are all modern, uh, why are modern Marxist Leninists all about Juche, Dengism, or Stalinism? Why not the Laotian communists? What do they have going on over there? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I joke about this sometimes too. That like that I that I work for uh, um, the Lao press and stuff and getting their message <laughs> out, and, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's just it is one of those things where it's like, it 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 comes from this. It, it's sort of the similar thing to, um, the Maoist, you know, Maoist third world thing where it's like we're going to surround the countryside. I mean, it's the cities from the countryside kind of thing. It's like it's like we'll get all the poor countries to line up against the United States, and then that's how we'll win. It's that yeah. kind of it's that it's that kind of logic of like this broad coalition against the United States. And uh, so it kind of like leans into the idea that like the BRICS countries are going to be the ones that sort of build this ten like tentative sort of coalition against the United States. And, uh, but the difference is that uh, with uh, um, those kind of groups and stuff is that they, they, uh, they, they sort of imagine that it is already existing and are mm-hmm. like, you know, China and Russia are somehow already in alliance against the United States trying to like avoid, you know, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that all these, uh, world leaders like privately think about things the same way that, that they do the yeah. same way that the, like the Maoist third coldest or yeah. whatever do that. They're like building some sort of counter counter hegemony and are building an alternative. And that's why you get people you see people like really excited about like, alternatives to the petrodollar which i'm not saying that's gonna happen uh you know i'm, I'm not saying that's not gonna happen but it's like one of those things where you could just see excitement about it every few years kind of thing of like oh we're at this turning point where finally the united states is going to be uh you know like uh fall as like the anchor of the economic system and all that kind of stuff so i don't know uh i think that's the basic idea behind it is that they have to kind of they have to piece together from the international scene a coalition that's willing to confront the United States. And I also think that, like, because China has a communist government, like, a party in power, that makes it pretty easy to be, like, you know, amazing things are happening in China kind of stuff a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it... Yeah, I think you're basically right. I think it also, like, um, a lot of this sort of uh, modern Marxism stuff, like, I don't know what you would call it. Like, the old term was, like, vulgar Marxism, but that's not really what I mean. I mean, uh, like, this more, like, popular idea of being a communist, being a Marxist, and, and all that. It's much more about foreign policy, I think, than it is about, like a like, a genuine 
communist ideology in that mm-hmm. sense. Like it's less about like this sort of scientific socialism is like Marx put it and more about like opposing us, uh, imperialist policy and stuff. Yeah. Right. So you see much more enthusiasm for defending like Iran or Russia or something like that. When like, those are not pro communist governments at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, and I'm not even saying that this is a, a bad thing. I'm just trying to say, like, I think that's why a country that is sort of like not super relevant geopolitically isn't like making big grandstanding anti-American kind of stuff. And they're sort of playing ball with the whole like global financial system and everything, even if they have a communist party or whatever, uh, it just doesn't get the attention and in, in the sort of like cheerleading that you see for other countries that are even like staunchly anti-communist, but because they're against the U S they, they kind of like become, uh, allies or whatever in the, in the view of these people. So, yeah. Um, I think that there, there is a domestic element, but it tends to be pretty simple of, uh, at least we're not Democrats kind of thing is this idea. You know what I mean? It's like, well, we're not, we're not like the other people who are on the left because we don't support democratic candidates. Um, which it's not, I think it's it's fine to be like, well, we need to be independent of the Democrats and stuff like that. Like, I get that 100%, but like, uh, I think there's also a kind of thing where it's like, it ends up almost being like similar to anarchism in that way, where it's like, it's like, yeah, but it doesn't actually matter that you're independent. Like, there's no, there's no consequences of that, really. Like, it's not like, it's not like you have like, you know, I don't know, like 10 members of Congress that are a member of your party or something like that then. It's just, right. it, it, all it means is that you say that you're not a Democrat. Like it doesn't actually have much of a, and you don't contribute to certain types of things maybe, but like it doesn't really have much of a effect after other than that. And not only that, but within the sort of media slash, like on some computer system somewhere, it probably says you're a Democrat anyways, kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like in your advertising premises or something like that kind of thing. Like it's, it's like one of those things where your personal declaration that you're not a member of the party doesn't probably have much of a effect in the world kind of thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one is for me. It says question for Tom. You mentioned reading from the Tao Te Ching a lot before you became a Muslim. I was wondering what your thoughts on it were. In my experience, there are those who read it in a cringe way and those who read it in a based way. Which way did you read it? Um, well, I I should clarify. I, I don't know if I read it a whole lot. I I guess there was like a period of time where I read it fairly frequently. Like it's a pretty short thing. You can, you can read it pretty easily, like even multiple times a day if you really wanted to. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Cringe way or based way. I have no idea. That's, I guess for you to judge, not for me, but, um, I just found it interesting. It kind of really... Maybe it even like set the stage for me to uh, to understand God in a sense because I, I think it kind of was like describing a little bit of like describing the Tao in a way that I, I could understand what it was talking about and I found it interesting that this was like um, you know the core of a, of a like a religious understanding you know even if like Taoism is a thing like I don't really know what that entails or whatever in like in terms of like practicing it, I don't didn't really seem like something I was just going to like 
call myself or start to, sure. you know, like, what does it mean to, to do that? Like, I don't know. That was never really a consideration, but, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I still like appreciate it. Like I haven't looked at it in a long time, but I, I, you know, I don't have any issues or, you know, arguments against it or anything like that. It, it's, it's good. Yeah. I haven't read it probably about 20 years or so, but I, I read it in high school a few times and I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. It's got like that, I don't know, basic spiritual message kind of thing. It's like wisdom. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, I don't know, just a lot of stuff that is pretty easy to agree with just about like how you should follow the Tao and do this and that kind of stuff. I don't know. It was fine. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one says, is the no justice, no peace slogan comparable to you can't win? I cannot think of a single way in which they're comparable, actually. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, I guess they're saying kind of like you can't win uh, is this idea that like, uh, like society is kind of set up against you in some ways and stuff. And like, and they're saying that like, because society is set up against you, then you can't, uh, you can't ha- be content with, uh, I don't know, like the system or something like that. I don't know. I- I'm trying to, okay. okay. Something like that. But like, uh, um, I don't know. I feel like we're more leaning towards that. You can be content. It's like no justice, peace. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, we're not, we're, we don't think that, yeah, we're probably going to be able to achieve, uh, you know, some level of, uh, everything being in harmony in our lifetimes, but we're still got to find ways to chill out. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Um, what's up with Bosnians and Albanians drinking alcohol and also bending the rules with Sharia? Um, I, I don't know specifically, like I could really speak to this. I'm not super clued into what's going on with Bosnians and Albanians. I don't really know anybody uh, from those places. Um, but you kind of also see this in Central Asia. A lot of, uh, those guys drink alcohol and I think it probably has something to do with like the communist history, like suppressing Islam and like in Albania, they had to shave their beards and. Um, I, I think drinking alcohol was promoted on, in different ways in, uh, you know, to, to varying extents and stuff. I, I think there was a kind of like a policy of trying to like pull people away from the religious practices and stuff. And that, that was part of it. Kind of like what they're doing in China with the Uyghurs, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, Although people drink a fair amount in other places too, but just like secretly, right. Or something like that. Like, or like quietly kind of thing, not like. Yeah, it's probably less than in other sure. places. You know, definitely less than like you know Russia or South Korea or something <laughs> like that. But yeah, yeah. yeah it, it still goes on. I mean, it it might even be less today than it used to be. Like, um, kind of in the heyday of uh, you know, like the golden age of Islam, as they call it. You know, sure. There there was actually pretty prevalent uh, drinking cultures. Like, um, with you know, like there's a lot of poetry about wine and stuff and people are always kind of saying, oh, well, it's like symbolic and stuff. It's like, well, yes, but it's also like kind of referring to like actual yeah, yeah, things that were going on in the culture. Like it's not like they just made up 
you know, or used wine as a metaphor for no reason at all. Like it's because people were drinking a lot. True. A lot of uh, Muslim generals during the Crusades died of alcohol poisoning. Actually, they didn't die in battle. Oh, really? Yeah, it just kind of shows you that. Uh, yeah, they weren't all like very strict about these things at all. Sure. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, on on one level, I think like you kind of have to understand that a a place being majority Muslim doesn't mean that everyone is very attentive to all the do's and don'ts necessarily. And that's always been the case. And also that probably there's other factors like a, like I mentioned, you know, with the communist stuff like that's probably something to do with it as well. Sure. And then like if your neighbors also have like a big drinking culture or, you know, if there's just like good wine and good beer around, like it's probably going to entice you a little bit more, you know? Sure. Have you guys noticed more relationships failing during COVID lockdown? I have seen at least four relationships end during it. Why do you think that is? Um, I'm not sure. I feel like that's probably uh, not. Uh, that, that seems like anecdotal to me. I'm not sure. I feel like, uh, I guess, number one, any long distance one would be likely to be breakdown or something like that anyways. But like uh, just because of the difficulty. But, uh, yeah, that that tends to happen, yeah. But, like, uh, I, yeah, I feel like lots of relationships break up now all the time kind of thing. So um, there's that, that sort of churn now. And uh, um, I'm not sure that it is attributable to the lockdown, although it has been a very stressful time for a lot of people, and I can understand why. Yeah, you know, you financial know. difficulties often break up relationships. That's often, like, a thing that breaks them up. So mm-hmm. maybe there's more of that going around. Uh, maybe people are spending a lot more time with each other than they'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like maybe it was okay when it wasn't like uh, an all day sort of affair, but now it's like you just can't get away from this person and all the little things that start to kind of pile up. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's been almost a year and a half now too. So that's just a very long time in the, in the, in the sense of, uh, like length of all relationships kind of thing or whatever um so yeah yeah. that's true yeah i wonder what like divorce statistics and stuff like that are like if they're if they're showing more divorces over this period or not i don't know i feel like it would be less maybe because of like the that apparatus of that being involved is kind of hard to engage with oh oh yeah yeah. to actually go through with it get it all Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it could be. No idea. Yeah, I don't know. I I know that for for me and Tabs, it's been easy. We we really like it, like mm-hmm. the fact that we get to just spend all day together. I mean, that's kind of what we like to do anyway. So sure, it's just not been an issue for us. Yeah. I also I personally have not noticed like relationships failing. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, actually think of a single breakup that I can remember from this time. Yeah, and just uh, from my own position, like, uh, my parents have been getting a lot, uh, along better, I find, in the last year and a half or so, because because they've been together so much, it's, like, irritating, but not, like, uh, um, it's, like, uh, I don't know, like, it just seems like they've been arguing less and stuff just because they, I don't know, it, it's sort of, like, chilled things out about maybe kind of thing, it's like, okay, we've got run to, out of things to argue, I don't know, maybe something like that, <laughs> so, I feel like, I, or, and me me too, kind of like, you know, I, I'm, I snap less, I kind of am less, 
I've I've sort of relaxed a bit about stuff. I think because the, maybe the the few years before that for me were sort of relatively hectic kind of thing, like when I was in school and stuff, and um, I was sort of pushing myself pretty hard. So then when I was doing that, it was also like all the things around that were irritating me and stuff kind of thing in a lot of ways. Like, you know, if I had to get picked up from a train or, or whatever, all these different things are like, if I was uh, interacting with people in class and all this kind of stuff, like little things would just pile up and irritate me and stuff. But like now it's sort of like I'm just hanging out at home most of the time. So I can kind of, most of the time it's okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, would you guys ever consider coming to the Jersey Shore? You could have a contest to see who could convert the Jersey Shore cast to your respective religions. Um, sounds like fun to me. I'd do it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I always, I mean, I don't know if I would actually enjoy it in, in like, you know, that kind of getting to, like, uh, I was, you know, like stuff like with, like, uh, Atlantic City or something like that where there's just, like, tons of people all around and stuff and whatever and and uh, getting drunk and stuff like that and i don't know i would probably it would be like a nightmare to me in some ways but like uh um uh i don't know sometimes that's okay i guess it would i would, i'm not too much into like party culture and stuff like that kind of thing so it doesn't really appeal to me but like i don't know hanging out with people i know would be nice or something so yeah yeah, I don't know. I think you can get away from that. Uh, like, I haven't been to Jersey Shore, but I think, like, people think of it and they think of the show, and that's probably exaggerating it quite a lot. I saw a, uh, you know, Dave Portnoy, the barstool yeah. guy? He does those pizza reviews. Did you know this? No. Every day he posts uh, a pizza place review, and I don't know why I watch them, but I, I watch them fairly regularly. And you kind of get to see a lot of different places in the country, right? Like he goes all over the place. Mm -hmm. And so he did a, a series of them from Jersey Shore. And it just seemed like a kind of a nice little boardwalk kind of thing. You know, it didn't seem like it was just like, you know, party central, like with the, you know, those people from the show everywhere or anything like that. It just seemed like a regular kind of boardwalk. So, yeah. I don't know, it sounds nice. I've never actually seen the show. I've seen like snippets of it and stuff, but I never, I don't know. Yeah, me, me neither. I just okay, kind of okay. know about it through like sure. osmosis, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you're you're giving a thumbs down to this? You're not you're not. Well, I mean, I'd do it if it was like a bunch of friends or something like that kind of thing. Um, mm. I'm not really, if it, if it was me interacting with random strangers, I wouldn't want to do that. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right, next one says, does the 12th Imam really have superpowers like flying? Um, I I mean, I don't believe that. I don't know what the uh, the beliefs are about these specific things. That strikes me as something that is probably a very like minority sort of belief. Um, there are there are like similar ideas about uh, like various like Sufi saints and stuff like that people uh especially like in south asia have uh ideas about like different sufi guys who would be able to fly or just like appear you know wherever they wanted to kind of like you know throughout space and time kind of like travel around and you know just have all these kinds of different abilities and all that um 
so I don't know. I, I've also not heard this about like the 12th Imam specifically before. So I don't know. This is, yeah, this is, I can't remember what you had said about this before, but like, uh, is there supposed to be like a 12th Imam in like the Sunni faith too or something like that? Or was that this like, a... uh, yeah, no, okay, no. Okay. So like the, the Shia have a specific, like this line of yeah. Imams. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there's different numbers of them according to like what, what, uh, sure. You know, sect you're in. Um, so like the Twelvers is the big one in Iran. And so the 12th Imam is like the last one. And then there was the 13th okay. one who went into occultation. That's oh, the one. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. That so, whole deal. And they're different from the Mahdi. Like that's not. Yeah. The Mahdi is a, a different thing. Okay, and that okay. exists in, in Sunni Islam. Yeah. As that's well. what I was confused about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought there that may was, be yeah. some idea of like the 13th Imam being the Mahdi. I don't know. That may be the case. Okay. Um, the thing is there, there is a little bit of crossover in the sense that some of the Imams are revered as like great scholars and like pious people and stuff in Sunni Islam as well. Mm -hmm. So like Jafar al-Sadiq, uh, is, a, you know, he, he, he's kind of like, uh, appreciated by, by both Sunnis and Shia. Okay. Uh, all right. How do you guys know so much about philosophy and like art and stuff? I got a decent college education and I don't think of myself as that stupid, but I feel totally lost whenever there's a discussion about like Foucault, deeper Marxist ideas, etc. Um, I guess the first thing is that it's, it's probably bad on us if you're feeling lost or something like that. I don't know. Like that's our job, I think to some extent, isn't it? But, uh, um, yeah, but, yeah. uh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, part of it is that uh, I went to school for a long time kind of thing, like on and off and just read a lot other than that too, I guess kind of thing. Like if I had like, you know, I'm like 40 now, if I had like a bunch of full-time jobs and stuff and wasn't uh, just reading here and there a lot of the time, then uh, I don't know. But we also, I think part of it is uh, had a good community of people around us online and stuff sometimes that were like, challenging us kind of to read in different ways kind of thing i don't know that at least for mm -hmm. me that like there's lots of people that like you could talk to about this kind of stuff and would have strong opinions and those opinions might not always be well-founded but like they'd still be you know explosive or something like that like you know uh powerful it would make kind, you, you know? interested yeah, sure you know? yeah. like you'd, you'd want to learn about this thing it doesn't matter necessarily what whoever you heard it from like what their take on it was like you, it would sound interesting and you'd kind of explore it i guess yeah that, i i think that's a big part of it just having yeah. people constantly like uh just introducing different things that you're like oh that sounds cool you look it up yeah i know we're also big nerds i mean sure yeah let's, let's not <laughs> let's not pretend <laughs> otherwise yeah. like that we uh we just like learning about all this stuff sure. as opposed to like doing other things yeah so. and we're also probably at least for me like I know enough about it to like talk about it and I know why I'm interested in it and stuff. But like if I was talking about it with like a person that like did their PhD in it or something, they would be like, you know, they would have the, I would have the same reaction, probably the other direction kind of thing. I'd be yeah, like, yeah, wow, exactly. you, you know, so much, but I'm just kind of, I like knowing a little bit about a lot of different things and just kind of reading about things and having fun kind of thing with it. But like, uh, I'm not the kind of person that would like say, be reading through French language uh, 
Foucault transcripts or something, you know, of lectures or something like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm not like actually putting in the hard work kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Like just speaking of Foucault, I've probably read less Foucault than many people who listen to this. I, sure. I think I've read like one, one book and it was like his lectures, but like later lectures. Yeah. So I haven't even read like the major, you know, discipline and punish and all that stuff. Sure. Um, I guess with Islam, I'm, I, that is a, a little bit easier to explain. Like when you convert to something kind of like on your own reading, you tend to just kind of continue to read about it. Like that's your yeah. portal to it. So, uh, you know, just for, to answer questions I had to like gain an understanding of things, like that's just how I did it. So, um, yeah, but I also, yeah, like you said, I also would push back on the idea that, like, uh, that we know all that much about these things. We True. we know enough to, like, say the things that we say, and that's about it. True. Uh, all right. What does Don think about the IWW? Is it a sustainable model or a pipe dream? Um, so I think it made sense, uh, at very, especially, like, historically as, like, a, you know, you have to think that, like, in the 19th century and stuff, a lot of these, like as 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 uh, the labor movement was sort of evolving in different ways, this was really like the first big global push for a lot of these organizations. So that in the early 20th century and stuff, I mean, unions were still sort of uh, in the United States, especially like sort of they they either would be other sometimes like outright illegal or there would like be some sort of semi legal or thing like the sort of modern infrastructure of labor rights didn't exist around that kind of stuff. So the idea of number one, we should be radical and not try to, you know, just build all these architecture of contracts around it and stuff. Um, that made sense to a lot of people. Um, and then number two, we should try to have one big union that everyone is in. Um, that was just like part of a natural process of trying to piece together all of these different unions and stuff. So I think those are like sort of the two, uh, pieces that make up the IWW is like number one, that we should have this sort of radical rank and file outlook. And then, uh, number two, that like, uh, um, we should try to all unite in one union instead of being like different parts. Now, the problem is that like nowadays, uh, I don't think that it, it doesn't realize that at all, like in any way kind of thing. It's like, it's a very, very, like in terms of like, you know, there's, there's unions in the United States that have millions of members and stuff, right? Like, or like hundreds of thousands of members. I think that like the contemporary IWW probably has like a few thousand members or something like that. So I always push back against it when it gets a little too arrogant online and stuff. But like, you know, if they're like, we're building one big union and all this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, but not really, right? Like it's not, you're not really building one big union. You're just it's it, like, and there's a lot of like two carters. So there's people that are members of normal unions and then members of the IWW as well, which is kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's a bit like being a member of a club at that point. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so it's always a bit like, you know, it, it's nicer. I think it's better now in some ways because, uh, like the left is getting bigger in general kind of thing, or there's a lot of people interested in it in all different ways. So it, it seems more plausible that you can kind of like, talk about this growth and stuff but it used to be very very irritating like many years ago where uh you'd have these people talking about the iww being like 
you know, the next big thing or whatever kind of thing. And there was no evidence of that, really. It would be like a, a single coffee shop or something would unionize and stuff. Like the kind of thing that a normal union would not really brag about kind of thing. So anyways, that used to bother me. I've thought about joining them in the past, but there's no like real reason to kind of thing. I'm not like a member of a wage labor kind of thing. There are a lot of people that are like freelancers that have like started joining them. But like, uh, it's not really, I don't know. I, I You have to, I don't know. For me, I'm always like big picture on this kind of stuff. I don't know. It's like, you got to think of like the interlocking giant pieces kind of thing instead of worrying about too much about your own little thing. So, yeah. Sure. Uh, Don, I've always been a big fan of your letterboxed review of the two popes. The buddy pontiff movie thing always makes me laugh. You criticize the film for not exploring Benedict's genius and only showing him as the traditionalist predecessor to Francis. As someone who is now... Uh, just now exploring Christianity for the first time in my adult life. I'm curious what you meant by that. Thanks, guys. All the best. Um, so in in the movie, uh, The Two Popes, it, um, uh, I think it's like Anthony Hopkins, isn't it, or something like that? So, yeah, um, it plays Benedict. And uh, it's it's uh, it's funny. what They kind of have to set it up as like uh, um, uh, Pope Benedict being like a, relic kind of thing like he doesn't understand modern technology he's very negative about any kind of change they kind of make it like uh i don't know just like uh they, they set him up and the whole point of it is kind of it's supposed to be you know it's supposed to have kind of like a liberal spin on it which is where the like uh pope francis is like struggling with himself struggling with like the changes in the church struggling with like what he has to do and all this kind of stuff. It it necessarily, because of the way the narrative is structured, it makes it like, first one, first thing, it makes it kind of like a jokey kind of thing to some extent, like they're going back and forth and stuff. And it's sort of like uh perfect strangers kind of stuff. Like, you know, like two people that uh, need to uh, relate to each other, even though they're not really from the same kind of background, um, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, it makes uh, Pope Benedict seem very, like, calculating and kind of a bit out of it, kind of stupid. Not stupid, but, like, um, like absent-minded kind of to some extent or, like, but, like, calculating and not, like, it doesn't it doesn't look at it as, as if, like, he had, like, opinions about certain things other than just being conservative or something like that kind of stuff. So, um, anyways, I just mean that, like, in his actual writings and stuff, he there's a lot of very, very interesting things that he says about like different, like, uh, um, like about like the, the liturgy, like the, 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 how mass is structured and all that kind of stuff. I, I've read a lot of very interesting things he says, and because of the way that the movie is structured, it's hard to kind of get that across. You can't really get across these detailed, intricate, um, arguments that he makes and stuff like that, just because, you know, they have to make it into, the conservative world, old world being confronted with the liberal new world and yeah. the sort of crisis that creates and stuff. So, yeah. You enjoyed that movie, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good um, for what it was. And, and it's, uh, um, yeah, I, I just always, that that's just a nagging thing in my mind all the time. Is that like, uh, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it ends up being kind of like, Sometimes there's this culture war kind of thing that gets overlaid on it where it's like, it's almost as if like, 
Benedict is supposed to be the Fox News Republican Pope or something, and then yeah. uh, Francis is like MSNBC liberal or something, and they're not they don't fit neatly into that kind of mold. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like that would annoy me. Uh, it's well done though in the movie like i mean eventually because of the way the movie's structured like they they eventually kind of come to uh like they become sort of friends kind of thing and like unite in to some extent and and uh it's it's like it it sort of is supposed to be about like this this future in the past kind of hanging together and friendship and all this kind of stuff so um uneasily kind of thing and stuff and so I get that. I get I get that. It's uh but at that point, the more and more it becomes like that, the less and less it's sort of like about the actual church kind of thing. So right. I don't know. It's more kind of like a but that's why I called it a buddy pope movie because it's like, you know, like they it, yeah, it's sort of like fire and ice kind of thing. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So the next one says, I'm considering getting involved in public policy, specifically transportation. Does Don have any advice for me starting out? Um, I guess, yeah, if it's public policy and you're actually, so like if you want like a job in that area or something, like not just, um, you know, you're not just uh, thinking through it um, in general, but you like want to work for either like local transit or some sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean. Number one, any sort of job in that area, even like indirectly or like an internship or something like that is probably good. Just like practical experience. Um, it's obvious, but like, uh, and then the other thing is like how the government works in general kind of thing. I think like you get like a lot of books like that uh, in sort of introduction to policy studies and stuff. I think that's important. Like, uh, you know, like the different ways things are funding happens and all that kind of stuff. I don't know, stuff like that. Um, I mean, the, the problem is that like a lot of these things are very, very political and like uh, the solutions to them are not necessarily the ones that come from experts kind of thing because, you know, like transportation funding, is in, at least in the United States and stuff, it's like very political in how it works and um, stuff. So I don't know, but I think that like... Uh, um, yeah, I, I think, I think for a lot of policy stuff, it's just sort of grinding through a lot of the basic, um, books and internships and stuff like that kind of thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's hard. I don't know for transportation, if there's like sort of for rea- for the radical side of it, I think it would have to be, if you're interested in that at all, it would be like learning about geography and urban geography and all that kind of stuff and critical things about geography. But, um, and there's tons of stuff on that too, but um, I'm not sure beyond that kind of thing, like what would be actually helpful kind of thing in understanding, um, alternatives and stuff. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, does mouthwash do anything? I don't know. I've started, I've started using it sometimes now and, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it seems to sometimes give me a headache or something like that. I don't know. It seems to like somehow affect really my mouth or something. I don't know. I don't know if that, that doesn't seem like a good sign, but um, I'm not sure why. I think maybe, maybe it dries out my mouth or something. I'm not sure, but like, uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So my understanding of uh, the way you're supposed to kind of treat all this stuff is like tooth brushing is good because um, like it the the paste it, like it has stuff in it that's good to keep on your teeth for like like thirty minutes or so. So you don't want to wash out your mouth after you brush, and you don't want to use mouthwash after you brush because you're kind of like negating the whole point of brushing your teeth. Well, not the whole point, but a significant part of it. And that mouthwash is good. It's not a replacement for brushing or flossing or anything, but it is good like after you eat, for example, if you want to do that. And you could brush your teeth too, but like instead, instead if you want to use mouthwash, like that's also good. Oh, okay. That's my I, yeah. understanding. My understanding was that like you, you normally sort of brush your teeth as regular and then you rinse with most wash so that it like uh, breaks down the stuff that you haven't uh, reached or stuff like that kind of thing and, and strengthens the teeth in that way kind of or something like that. So I yeah, don't I don't know. Like I, I could be wrong. I have I no know. idea. No, idea. that's just what I, I think I saw that on Reddit at, okay. at some point or something. So sure. Yeah. Take that so, for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does do something, I guess. Okay. Um, all right. Why doesn't the first Muslim president, Barack Hussein Obama, get more respect in the Muslim world? Is it because he's a man and Muslims only respect women leaders? I I think that's the case, actually. I think that's spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see anything about his birthday party celebration? Oh, yeah. I, I, I um, It was, like, really expensive, right? Like, he spent a huge amount of money on it. Yeah, I think I don't know I don't know when it is, but he's turning sixty, and uh, um, yeah, like uh, it's got like hundreds of guests, I think, and all this kind of stuff, and it's all like elite people. I think he's doing it partly to like raise money for his uh, like he's building some sort of presidential center or something like that kind of thing in Chicago, in uh, one of the parks or something like that. So, um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know, I don't know. That's funny to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just he, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, just you can imagine the kind of person that would be like, wouldn't that be a dream to be at or something like that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't know. Yeah, um, I have I dislike him a lot more like post presidency than I did when he was president. Like I I didn't like him as a president. I thought he did a lot of really heinous things, and he was always talking out of both sides of his mouth, and you know just typical kind of sleazy scumbag american politician guy but uh he's just obnoxious now like, he's just annoying and smug like i don't know this like weird others like i don't maybe he was always there i didn't notice it but like this uh there's like this other side of him that's come out that's just really annoying yeah i was like, always yeah very like a celebrity obsessed sort of thing you know I, I was always sort of really annoyed at what him kind of like in the smug stuff. And uh, um, I remember in like 2015 or so or 2016, just being like, oh, man, I don't want this guy on my television anymore kind of thing. Like he just he always gets up there and just says the most like nonsensical kind of liberal platitudes and all that kind of stuff. And just uh, really doesn't like just just seemed like a real like liar creep or something like that. And I, it was like one of those things to be careful what you wish for, I guess, because then we got Trump and or you got Trump, <laughs> I guess. But like, uh, 
it's like I guess I guess that was fun to some extent, but it's also like yeah, he you know just a scumbag in his own way. So um, I don't know. And now Biden, I don't even know. They don't you don't he doesn't even get to go on television most of the time. So yeah, 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 he's dead. Sure. Uh, all right, how about this one? Tom, are you a Jocko Willink fan? If so, do you take steroids? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a Jocko Willink fan. I don't listen to his podcast or I'm not really into that whole thing that he's got going on. Um, you know who this is, right, Don? I'm not sure. He's a ex-military guy who started a podcast and he like reads from like memoirs of soldiers to open it and talks about like... He's the guy that did that little video clip that I like to send. You probably you probably saw this where like he says good, like we didn't get the equipment, good. Can't do the mission, good. You know, he's all about like positive attitudes, kind of thing. (laughs) Tough guy, positive attitudes. Yeah, I remember you telling me about him, but yeah, yeah. Um, I I love that clip. That clip is hilarious. Uh, but uh, yeah, not not a not a fan especially okay. like i don't dislike him actively or anything like he's just not you know not my thing have you ever gotten into any of that sort of like operator culture kind of stuff like military podcasts or anything military history or like you know i don't know no like, i know. i did try listening to some of that stuff um but it was just too i don't know again like not not my thing it was it was really uh i was interested in some like information about different topics that they were discussing like but it wasn't like they were it's too much about like this kind of like personal experience kind of like uh stuff you know very like lifestyle kind of thing sure yeah um and uh no i don't take steroids (laughs) yeah uh all right are we accepting internship applications someone asks um I don't think we would trust at this point. I don't think we would trust other people with the files or anything like that. I don't know. I feel like, uh, or something like that. Like we would just be like, uh, I don't know. I feel like, uh, we, uh, have our own little thing going that we do, uh, pretty regularly and stuff. And I can't imagine like me and you doing this with like a producer here or something like that. That would be strange to me. I don't know. So that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, it would feel pretty redundant. I'm like, yeah. What exactly do you do here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? We're, we're just like talking. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It seem, would seem kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If someone wanted to edit the podcast for free, I might might do that. Maybe I should try to outsource my side of the editing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll set up like a sweatshop of editors. Sure. Um, let's see. Okay, how about this? Could we maybe get the Prots and Catholics to merge? It would take some compromise. The Catholics would give up their silly Roman monarch, and the Protestants could do uh, some more fish fries. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the... It's one of those things where it's like... A lot of it comes down to sort of the culture and history of different groups, and then there's like some sort of like there's certain implications of a certain type of culture that can play out over long periods of time. You know, like you can kind of go, okay, well, Calvinists have this certain view of society 
and that maybe influences how they think about, you know, how people should work in society and all those kind of stuff, whatever. And, uh, but I don't, I, th- I feel like a lot of that is very contingent and stuff and like, uh, very, uh, I don't think it actually really roots into the, the theory as much kind of stuff. I feel like a lot of that is historical accident. And, uh, um, so you're like neutral on the fish fries. Well, I'm against the fish fries in general, just because, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, I, saw, I saw someone cooking fish the other day and it honestly, I don't know. It's very, it looks like garbage to me. It looks like, it, it looks like, uh, <laughs> someone is, uh, it, it looks like, it looks like someone like got like a squirrel out of a garbage can or something like that and is frying it up. And <laughs> that's how my mind, uh, approaches the problem kind of thing. So I'm not a good Catholic in that way or something like that kind of thing. It's like, it really does. Like it could be the best fish ever. And to me, it's just like it, it just because I was raised not eating it, like it just, it's, it looks like, uh, it, it looks like some sort of, uh, bizarre thing, kind of thing, like from a horror movie or something. So, yeah. That's so strange to me. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, to each his own. Yeah. Um, all right. What were, what were your go-to mindless shows growing up? Mine were Cops, Reno 911. MVC and America, American Ninja Warrior. I don't know what MVC is. Um, I would watch shows like Major Dad and Designing Women. And uh, I guess not Simpsons or anything. I wouldn't count, count that as mindless kind of thing, but I did watch them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but there was like, there was a lot of like afternoon slash early evening, like TV shows that were just like, like uh like coach remember that show and uh um yeah coach and and that just that were on every day at like the same time or something like that kind of thing so i would just watch them now it had no like it it was it was strange because it had no relationship to be if it was good or not i just it was like that's what's on you got to watch it kind of thing or something like that kind of thing it's just like i'm gonna kill time watching tv now and it's like time to watch like you know, designing women. I think I've saw most episodes of designing women, even though like it, you know, it was only like mildly good kind of thing or something like that kind of thing most of the time. So, um, I don't know. So, uh, I don't know. And I also, uh, you know, I would watch stuff like fresh Prince of Bel-Air and all that kind of stuff too. Um, yeah. And that was uh, one for me. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, just sort of generic sitcom kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So my selection, like what was available to me was kind of, um, it was just odd because of uh, growing up in different countries and stuff like the American media would be pretty, you know, you'd have a narrow selection. Usually it was like one channel that had that stuff and it wasn't, it wasn't like new stuff really. Like they would just get like syndicated things. Um, the, the big get that they had in India was friends. Mm-hmm. You know, when that was like the big show, yeah. they were able to, to get that show. So, uh, the shows I remember watching growing up. Um, so like when I was a little, little kid, they had this like 30 minute or an hour long bit on the, uh, like the, the military, uh, TV channel. Like the military has its own channel. We used to call it a farts. It's a F R T S. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a, like a little thing called Just for Kids, and they would play like Looney Tunes and 
Um, did they have Ren and Stimpy? I think they had them sometimes. Rocco Modern's Life was on there. That was pretty good. I really like that show. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Animaniacs. And then, like, as I got older, um, so I was in India, and they had, I think it was Star TV, which is a British network. And they would they would get uh, Happy Days was a show that oh, I would yeah, watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had that on like before going to school, so I would like get ready, and then like ten fifteen minutes, I would watch Happy Days before leaving. Um, what else did they have that I would watch? Simpsons, I would watch. Uh, Fresh Prince. Uh, Family Matters. To- oh, uh, Home Improvement. Home Improvement was a big one. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. And then Aqua Teen Hunger Force because I had Cartoon Network and Cartoon Network actually was like pretty much the same stuff that what I think they had in the in the States. So like they did the whole Adult Swim thing. And so all those early like Adult Swim shows were also kind of a thing. Yeah. That was a bit like Aqua Teen came out when I was in university, I think, or just before that. Just just to. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I watched all that kind of stuff, too. But yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, that, I was in high school at that point, sure. I guess. So that's, I don't know if this counts as the the time period we're looking at here. But yeah, that that's the stuff that I watched. Then a lot of like uh, music videos and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess that would be really be my go-to like mindless TV would be like uh, Channel V, which was an Australian MTV style channel. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. All right, so this looks like a... Uh, I don't know what this says. I'm just going to read it, but it, it looks looks amazing. Uh, it says, I enjoy when R-worded people get bullied until they leave online and go into deep depression and say half-assed excuses. As an example, that being dead dude being completely publicly eviscerated, loved it, fucking Chapo said it was bad. For me, that is an R-worded opinion. What about you guys? What do you think? Um, I, so... I actually, uh, I I avoided the whole Bean Dad news cycle kind of thing. I just didn't. Yeah, I did. I don't even know what the story is with it. I yeah. just have heard this reference to a Bean Dad. I don't know sure. what that means. There's only so many like memes and stuff you can kind of follow before your brain turns to mush. And mine is already pretty close to mush, so I can't I can't push it over that edge by learning about every new viral person kind of thing um yeah and that uh, stuff has sort of lost its like fun to me and it's sure. just become like something people do to like spend their time yeah know? like it's almost like people are like doing the job of it like it's there's some sort of duty to it it's just yeah like i still I try know. to follow most of it but kind of thing but i can't i can't just uh what will happen is i'll, I'll sort of see a story that i think is i'm just not gonna be care that much about and i have to kind of like turn it off in my brain to some extent and be like, okay, no more bean dad content for me. And then <laughs> I kind of like scan over other posts and I'll see like bean dad or something like that. And I just ignore that whole post pretty quickly or something like that. I have to like, cause, cause on Twitter you can't like not read it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it just kind of, because the posts are so short, they kind of like, you yeah. have to, you have to know, you have to have read it to know what it's about kind of thing. So, right. Um, and, uh, so that's what ends up happening is I, I end up kind of half, half ingesting a lot of dumb content and I have to kind of like just, you know, glaze my eyes over and just ignore it as fast as I can kind of thing. So, you know, 
Yeah. I have not really been looking at Twitter lately at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think it's time to move on to something else or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this one says, Don, what if the Pope was a gamer? Um, there was actually, I don't know if you saw this, but there was like a, a teen or something that died or whatever. And it was like 15 or 16 or something. And uh, he was, he like, uh, apparently one of his like hobbies was like playing video games a lot. And I think that, I don't know if he got the full thing, but he's like, he was on the path to sainthood or something for some reason. And uh, I don't know the whole detailed story, but people are saying that he's the gamer saint now because they're like, (laughs) he's the first saint to like, you know, play video games a lot before they died. And uh, there was some something to do with it. I don't know if they were martyred or something or, or whatever, but like, uh, um, yeah. So I think there is a gamer saint you can actually pray to now. So I think that like maybe you could pray That's cool. to the gamer saint um, that the next pope will be a gamer. So Sure. I guess at some point it's inevitable, right? Yep. If everyone just plays video games when they're growing up, then at some point the, one of the popes will have had that kind of childhood. Yeah. I think Pope Francis's like media team is good enough that I'm sure that like if you looked it up online, there's probably like, you know, dozens of pictures of him playing like PS5 or something like that kind of thing. Like just, just, uh, and, and having like a quizzical look on his face or something like that and smiling. Yeah. Just because yeah. there's seems to be like a complete set of every of that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. so you never know. I know he's taken selfies before, so yeah. Okay, the next one says, do you guys like black people? Yep. I don't know. <laughs> yep. I, don't know. I could take them or leave them. They love me, but I'm 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 neutral. <laughs> sure. All depends. Yeah. Um Okay, so the last one we'll do says, do you guys like having troll questions? I mean, this is the troll podcast after all. Well, I like the troll questions and stuff. Some of them are really lazy, and we yeah. tend to not read those ones and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if you notice that the kind of stuff you're sending in isn't being read, this isn't... I mean, we we aren't able to read, like, 90% of what gets sent in, but, you know, some of this we just have to skim over. There's a lot of crap that comes in. Sure. But uh, if it's funny, yeah, I, I like the funny troll stuff, the ones that are, like, actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the, the troll stuff. Um, sometimes the troll stuff gets pretty. I haven't noticed it lately, but like sometimes it gets pretty like detailed in how mean it is or something like that, and that kind of gets like uh, that. Uh, I don't know. Like it, 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 it'd be nice to say that like I just uh, it all reflects off me at this point, but um, some of it does. It's like you're like, man, that that guy's angry for some reason or something. Like that. <laughs> so, like that that's I, really that's funny i actually think people take it easy on us oh yeah but my my idea of like what is a appropriate levels of like ribbing is probably not <laughs> not okay no yeah, so yeah, yeah. i don't know people could get pretty extreme and i'd just be like haha that's good yeah 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 okay yeah this is not an encouragement for you guys to try so that, that's that's the thing if, if you if you guys want to go hard, you can send it my way. I don't sure. I don't mind at all. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was fun. So. Yeah. Glad we got through some of these questions. I think uh, I think we're 
making good progress on this sure um yeah so if you guys enjoyed this episode and you'd like a second episode every week you can subscribe to our patreon and you'll get that as well as access to our discord uh there you can chat with us in our lovely community if you want to send us anonymous questions you can do that by going to our twitter account at you can't win pod and you can send in questions to the curious cat over there thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week thanks guys Bye.